All right, this is Brothers Be Podcast, speaking about black LGBT issues and topics, and I'm with my special guest, which is... Shaka Hassani from Get Your Love Life. You can find Get Your Love Life at getyourlovelife.wordpress.com. Getyourlovelife.wordpress.com. Now, first off, you know, I want to see exactly what made you start this blog. What made me start the blog? Well, you know, actually a couple of different things. Um, I am a writer. That's one of the many professions that I have, one of the couple of talents that I have. And... Um, because I'm in a relationship now, and everyone really sees the uh, sort of the love that goes between the both of us, the love that really flows, uh, people want to know what is it that I do and what is it that he does to keep our relationship alive and to keep it fresh and to keep it, um, you know, active. And uh, because I would get a lot of the advice from people, whether it's people that I know or random people uh, that, um, you know, I may interact with on social media, the idea of Get Your Love Life was born out of a lot of the advice that people would ask for me. So I would basically, um, you know, I, I, what I would wanted to do in this particular instance is to keep it in a particular form where I would not only share my experiences, but share, um, you know, different solutions that um, I have had to learn in order to overcome challenges or potential struggles when it comes to dealing with, with men, whether it's dating, sex, or relationships. I wanted to focus on that for the blog uh, and uh, have other people share their experiences as well. Nice. Okay. All right. So, and, and I'm pretty sure when it comes to black LGBT men finding love, that in itself, first off, is a challenge. What do you find is the biggest challenge for black gay men? Well, um, being open to it. I think that's a lot of what I find uh, that people struggle with when it comes to like different conversations that I would have with people. Uh, a lot of people aren't ready to make the sacrifices and to, uh, in some ways, uh, look at themselves uh, and take a sort of a much more internalistic approach to looking at themselves. Because I know a lot of times we, we look at things that are surface value, and, and, and anybody does that, for, particularly with gay men, because there are so many different internal struggles with unity. Uh, not only do we have the internal struggles, we have society tell us that we're not good enough. I mean, look, we were just able to get married recently. So, you know, dealing with all of those things, uh, you know, it takes, it really takes a lot of time and a lot of work to, to uh, make sure that you're bringing your full self to a relationship. And uh, those are some of the things that I find that are a struggle. Are we impatient? We're just a bunch of impatient people? <laughs> we could be, you know, because we do live in a microwave society. We want everything right now and everybody really feels like uh, when they meet someone and that there's a special chemistry, that special connection, that, you know, we want it right away. We want to be able to latch on to that, whether it's the person or latch on to the idea of what we want. So impatience is, is, is a factor, but at the end of the day, you have to really think that we have to really be cognizant of what we're doing. We really don't want to rush into a situation just because it feels good, but we really have no idea anything about the person. When it comes to, like, people that we meet, or if it's a situation where there are people that we have known for a while and, you know, they've been friends, but it evolves into something much more intimate, something much more romantic, because the relationship has sort of evolved from that, you, you still have to be uh, logical and, and tactical in your approach and make sure you're, both people are taking the necessary steps. Now, the one thing I guess what I know is about the black LGBT community, or just the LGBT in general, because of the fact that we actually promote sex so much we prom every single uh article every single 
club promotion, every single thing that you see, we always have this hot body. Even if it's black gay pride, we have to have some sort of a hot body on the photo to where it, in some some subconscious way, that's what we really, really aim to look for. We're only looking for the outer outside of it. And it's kind of a shame because, and don't get me wrong, I um, definitely you know support the black community when it comes to black pride, etc. But I noticed this internationally, that when it comes to the promos, it's very sex-like, very much in the sex. Could that also play a part in terms of why, when it comes to the black LGBT community in particular, and LGBT in general, you know, we, let's go that far, LGBT in general, that is very hard for us to stay committed, maybe because we're looking so much at the exterior versus the interior? Oh, that's a loaded question, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, you're right about that. I mean, <laughs> well, tell I got me what. It. Tell, I, I know you, and I got it. Okay, right? good, good, um, good. <laughs> the, the first part to that is. It really depends on your level of maturity. I mean, for me personally, uh, I if I like bigger guys. You know, when when it talks, you know, when you look at, um, you know, the vanity aspect, it really depends on what a guy is attracted to. Um, for me personally, I've been to Big Boy Pride. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that was much more uh, gratifying for me in terms of entertainment, in terms of like guys with substance, in terms of smart men, uh, men who are actually more. Um, you know, um, I guess cognitive or aware of just the interaction between other gay men, whether it may come to sort of a friendship, you know, component, or whether it may be something that's more substantive. Uh, but you're right. I think that in our uh, community, there's a lot of vanity. A lot of vanity is being promoted, and that's specifically targeted towards you and the element of you. Um, but I think we also have to look at the commercial standpoint of it also. I think that when it comes to, uh, you know, that promotion, the use of the ones that are driving the, the commerce. Right. Know, sort of the economical drive behind it because they're consuming more. That's uh, whereas, true. Whereas, you know, older couples or uh, um, older individuals or, you know, anyone who's of a mature level, uh, they're going to look at it as... Um, I don't know, I guess a way of being more stable, so they're not going to sort of buy into that image or imagery. Um, and, and I really think that it takes overall a level of maturity to not really buy into that and make sure that a person is uh, mature enough to know that that's not really reality. Uh, everyone is going to get to a particular point in life where you know that youthful aspect is no longer available and no longer prevalent, and there are other things that... Uh, are going to be necessary in order to sustain a successful relationship. Now, recently what we discussed on Brothers Be Podcast was pertaining to the issue of marriage. Now, we had two couples. We had two couples, one married um, that has actually been together over 24, going close to 25 years now. And then you had another couple who's basically been together for close to uh, 15 years, uh, one being married, one being unmarried. Now, the topic of marriage was something that the Brother Speed Podcast truly wanted to explore because we didn't really know whether or not marriage was really on the top priority list for black African-American men, black gay men. And I wanted to see exactly what it was to get the perspective of those who were actually in a committed versus a committed but married relationship. So did you hear the podcast yourself, number one? I did. I did. I actually heard part one and part two. And, you know, both were very informative. You guys did a great job interviewing them. So, Thank you. you. Know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how other people 
listeners, how we as an audience are, are able to, to, to learn and, and to take away from both experiences. Now, just to kind of you know cover a little bit, when it comes to your take on marriage in itself, what is your take on marriage? Me personally, I, I you know I want to get married. I can't. Well, I can't say I can't wait to get married. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different thing. You know what I mean? But right. I think when it comes to marriage, I am I'm a proponent for it. I respect the institution of marriage. Marriage uh, is something that if anyone, uh, any any uh, adult prone. When I say grown ass male, uh, anyone who really wants to be able to go through life and attain things and to really have a uh, a sense of a legacy and what that means and, and what it means to pass it on, I think that a marriage is a component in ensuring that that happens. Um, and when you look at the statistics, the, the statistics show that men uh, who are in, in marriages and men who are in relationships, uh, they have... Uh, high capacity to earn wealth, and then when you earn that amount of wealth or whatever it is uh, that uh, the couple is able to achieve, uh, you have a greater capacity and a greater um, you know success level in order to pass that on to the next generation. So there's there's more pros than cons when you look at uh, the benefits of what marriage can provide you. Now, for for the somebody, there was one particular couple, and I, I'm sure you remember Mar- Maurice and uh, Demetrius. They themselves, marriage is something that they're not completely dismissing, but they choose to just be together. And they've been together for close to 15 years. When it comes to those who are who choose not to be married, and by the way, that is a, quite a long time to just simply just be committed, at least in today's standards. Previously, before, we never had the capability to get married. So when it comes to those who just choose not to be married, what is your take on that? It kind of falls into that whole thing uh, to each his own, because although marriage is a is a, um, a benefit and it is a something that society endorses, you know, each couple has the right and each couple has sort of their own choice not to take advantage of that benefit, no matter how many pros uh, or cons, actually, uh, as well as. Um, you know, the legal aspects that come along with that. I hope that anyone who has been together for that long or anyone who wants to be together in a long-term relationship without the benefit of marriage, now that it is legal, to make sure that they protect themselves uh, and be aware of all of the uh, ramifications that could happen as a result of not taking the legal protection. Because uh, that's really what it's there for. It's, it's more of a protection uh, as it is, you know, just walking down the aisle and throwing some really big party, you know, that everybody can go and blog about. And then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. pictures, material on social media, whatever, you know, we have, to, we have to make sure that we are conscious of that. Now, when it comes to, have you ever addressed marriage in any of your blogs? Uh, I have, actually. So um, one of the recent posts that I did was called Will You Marry Me? And Will You Marry Me is more of my personal journey. Uh, to the concept of marriage. Uh, as, as we know, President Obama spoke about this in 2012 and endorsed the concept of uh, same-sex marriage. And I had never thought about it until then. Uh, and, and, and I don't think it was more so about the President Obama endorsement. It was more so where I was in my place, uh, in my own life, uh, because I, I met someone that I thought was very um, deserving of, of taking my relationship to that particular level. Uh, it was a lot of benefits. It was more pros and cons, of course. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really was open to the idea, and I was, uh, uh, I guess, supportive 
of, of what gay marriage not only means to me, but what it means to everyone in my community. Now, any of your fans or any of those who actually currently read your blog, are they ever really questioning, uh, give you those particular types of questions when it comes to just marriage in particular? Uh, actually, I don't, I don't know if it's because it's well-written or the concept of what I write resonates so well with everyone, but I don't really get any pushback. I mean, I get uh, deep and insightful. I get, uh, this is great information. I'm sharing this with my friends. Uh, a couple of things here and there, but for the most part, uh, I don't really get any opposition. So I, I sounds like I'm in the right, right journey for that. Okay, all right, perfect, perfect. So myself, you know, I actually do see myself getting married sometime later in the years. Now, for me, though, I'm going to give myself a good five, six years <laughs> before I even start thinking of marriage, even though uh, well, you know, I'm not I'm not against that either. <laughs> I don't know. They may not start acting right with me. You get an engagement ring. I don't know. You, you just got to <laughs> take it step by step, right. but take it slow. <laughs> but the thing, but the thing about it is, though, what I've also seemed to learn when it comes to the journey just within the relationship before you even get the journey in itself of both couples when, I, when we were interviewing them, I got to say I respected them immensely because they kept it going. I think um, uh, Richard, as well as also Dwight in particular, they said the first seven years were very, it was very, uh, it was turmoil. It was, it was a lot of stuff going on, but they still hung in there. And I think for a lot of gay relationships, they see because again we have this subconscious of sex exterior quick fast and is now that we kind of forget the struggle of relationship and what it truly means to be in one and that was one thing I truly truly appreciated uh, them for actually kind of being as just vivid as possible to let people understand let me tell you it ain't no easy piece of pie you know so when it comes to struggles in a relationship how do you think? that most couples should address it, number one, and versus how they're addressing it and have that you've observed and seen today? Hmm. I think that when it comes to couples, the first thing we have to be aware of is know that struggle is inevitable in any type of relationship. Uh, particularly with gay relationships you have with gay men, there's always going to be sort of a, even in, in, in my opinion, the most remote ways, there's always going to be a sense of a power struggle. Not in the sense of, well, you do what I say, but uh, pleading to the other person about um, who has a more correct stance on a particular topic or, you know, concept or, or, or disagreement. You know, there's always going to be that, well, you know, I'm right versus, you know, you're not right, I'm right. So I think that the very first thing that people should approach a particular um, situation with again, is to know that uh, struggle is inevitable, and since it is inevitable, also be prepared to come to the disagreement with an open mind, because, you know, ego is, in my opinion, one of the biggest pillars when it comes to, you know, being able to get past a situation. Completely agree. You know, we want to insert ourselves in a particular, and, and what we feel, and what we believe to be is right, and to whatever the Now, you know what I also observed when it came down to family and how much family truly played a a part and in many cases actually didn't play a part. I should I actually I'd probably more say didn't play a part because when I look at both the the uh, the couples, one family was extremely religious. It seemed like that was that way for both the couples that we had. One was extremely religious to where the other one really was not. 
when it comes to family playing a part, what's your take on how family should really play a part within your relationship or affect your idea of how your relationship should be, et cetera? That's, you know, that, I guess that's an interesting position because that's one of the things that I notice also with both, both couples is that they both, although they may have had family that was um, opposing in, in nature, they didn't agree with or whatever, there was always a partner in the relationship that was more outspoken about their disagreement because uh, their relationship was their relationship. And I, that was very uh, smart of them to be able to, to, to showcase that to, to the audience because that's the stance that we have to take. Family is, is one thing, but I think that when it comes to certain roles as family, people get really caught up in the role, you know, because that's really all it is. It's just it's a role to describe the blood relationship. That's nothing to do with being able to insert how you feel uh, or, or you know, let you agree to be something that is uh, a choice that will not necessarily benefit the couple, but benefit your satisfaction and being appeased with the couple. So that's, that's, that's one thing that I think that people have to be aware of is that there's a boundary or there's a line that has to be drawn in the sand with family. And, um, you know, I'm sure that they had, you know, whatever the opposing view is of that particular family member, they also had to deal with that when it comes to them introducing someone else in the family. And it's really no different from us. It's just our struggle is, you know, the fact that it could be that, you know, there's a gay person involved, uh, you know, and it could be something else entirely different from someone else. But what we have to do uh, is keep in mind that our relationship is our relationship and should never be subjected to scrutiny. Uh, that's something that, uh, you know, we also have to be aware of and, and to make sure that what happens in a particular household stays in a particular household and it's not, uh, it's not open for discussion. You know what I also seem to like a lot was the fact that when it came down to religion, I, I get this sense that gay black men in particular, and you know how black people is when it comes to religion. It's like you just yeah. can't. <laughs> it's just like that. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It's you know. Conversation. But conversation. And, and, but I'll be honest with you. And by the way, we're having a, a podcast later on today. Uh, another podcast with um, a guest that actually is uh, in the in the church and actually a prominent member within the uh, the church. Uh, the thing about it is, though, I'm beginning to see, or at least I think I'm beginning to see. Black gay man taking on a different idea of religion. I actually find that pleasing to me, to me personally. But what's your take on the religion aspect and where black men are seem to be going or just their views on it and how it relates to their lives? Well, I think that our community is taking a much more responsible approach of dissecting what religion uh, is and the historical nature behind it. Because if you have someone telling you that you're not enough, that, you know, you're going to hell, whatever that means, uh, or, um, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're living in a sinful nature as if the gay sin is highlighted a particular uh, way that is a little bit more uh, harsher than any other sin that's out there, if that's what you believe in. But the thing about it is, is that how, how are we as a community expected to find love, are expected to... Uh, appreciate the uh, pleasure of what sex actually feels like when someone else is telling you that you know it's not right, it's not correct. Um, but you know that that's that's one of the things that you know when it comes to religion. Religion is a deeply personal thing, and the second you try to uh, 
uh, and force it on someone else, you know, <laughs> it actually is, it, it's no longer ha- it, no, it no longer has a spiritual connotation anymore. It becomes uh, emphatic religion across the board. Right. And, you know, we have to be very careful when it comes to, like, not allowing that to dictate our worth uh, and, and, and certainly how we approach relationships and sex. What I've also observed with the fact that, and to me, is so funny because one of my relationships started off the exact same way. Actually, maybe a few, but I won't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, booty calls. Let's let uh, you know. Uh, let's not discount the booty call. I mean, apparently. <laughs> I mean, yes. Okay, listen. We are all adults here. All right, you know. And booty calls are something that, you know, heterosexual, uh, homosexual, it doesn't matter. Hey, we all have them in our lives. They all place a very important part of our lives. Some of them end up being friends. Some of them end up being relationships. And that's exactly what we came across in both scenarios. Uh, Many of us actually, you know, it it made me think twice about the booty call. I'm I'm not sure what your thoughts on that when it came down to the power of the booty call and your next relationship. Take it away. <laughs> I love the booty call. Don't get listen. I know I'm in a relationship now. I'm good. But prior to the, the booty call was a saving grace. So it's very <laughs> You know? <laughs> no. Oh, man. So I think that when it comes to the booty call, I mean, listen, we're men. And I think that a, a lot of times what I find is because we're gay men, there's a certain, I'm sorry, there's an unrealistic expectation that blinds the fact that we're not men, which is some sort of otherworldly being. And, 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 and the way that we uh, criticize ourselves is really unfair. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, the fact of the matter is men, are, and women, of course, but particularly men, uh, we're we definitely, sex. I, in my opinion, some of us are sexually fluid, uh, more so than the others. And, you know, that means sometimes, you know, you may want to sleep with a guy, you may want to sleep with a girl, but at the same token, you may also want just to get that sexual tension released. Sometimes they may come in a form of a booty call, right? Right. And there have been certain instances where I have, you know, had maybe a booty call in the past where it may have turned into dating someone four or five months, you know? Um, so as long as, at the end of the day, as long as people are being responsible, wearing a condom, being safe, you know, taking it safe, making sure that you communicate with someone about, like, what your expectations are, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I have a specific ideology on uh, monogamy, but we'll save that conversation for a later time. <laughs> you know, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know That's what it is. It, it, it's kind of funny because I, I'll be honest with you. I I'm now considering doing a, a podcast just about booty calls. Let's really dissect what a booty call really is, what it can do for your life and the future and your friends. Um, cause it get a little choppy when it comes down to, uh, friends, how you basically end up being the best of friends, but how you started off It's very weird of how, you know, gay, just gay in general, uh, approaches that. So, but speaking of booty call, Open relationships, open, um, you know, whether have it open or closed, um, each couple uh, <laughs> uh, had their, well, I should say each partner within the couple had their 
different take on it. One either one was on one side of the fence, the other was on the other side of the fence. Um, can you explain your take on that? Um, open relationships, interesting. You know, it goes right back into the category for each his own. I think that uh, it, what, from what it seems like in listening to both relationships, is there, especially with more recent Demetrius. Names, no, it's okay. But, it's okay um, because it's, it's on. Okay. Trust me, it's on the podcast. You know, everyone heard it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Now that it's out there, more recent Demetrius. Um, with them, what the one thing that I found is is that it seems as if they were very open about it before it, it, you know, got to a point of no return. And you have to. That was very responsible for them. I'm glad they were able to have uh, sort of that conversation as an example because. You have to be able to be very, very clear about that because, I mean, again, we live in a society where everything is sort of predicated and normalized as a, uh, you know, just a basic traditional couple where there's one, you know, two people involved. When you start to get into, you know, a, a little bit more bringing partners in and everything like that, it gets to be a little bit taboo. Um, and it does not really matter as long as it's not taboo for that particular couple. Um, so I think that communication, very important. Um, I think that some people are also not built for open relationships. They may say it, they may be open to the idea of it, but I would challenge anyone who is open to that to try it when you're dating someone and don't try it when you get into a relation, a full-on relationship. Really? Because if you do, absolutely. I, I, you know, I... I I don't disagree with the concept of open relationships because especially, you know, sort of opening the, the door a little bit on, uh, you know, what I think monogamy and my, my, my personal feelings about what monogamy actually is. I think that um, men are hardwired to release. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, I think, I mean, any, any, any um, anthropologist will tell you that. So I'm not making this up. And I'm not <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. But at the end of the day, I really think that um, if you know that you have that need, you have to talk to someone about that. You know, don't just keep that to yourself. I think that's very selfish. And if someone is going to accept you for that, then they will. You know what I'm saying? Just because you may be attracted to one person and they may not be open to the idea of it, doesn't mean that someone else will. You know? There's plenty of people out there. But I think that as long as you keep that communication open, you know, you may be able to have that relationship, um, you know, of your dreams practically. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Now, I do want people to know exactly what your blog, uh, where they can actually find your blog, uh, where they actually can be able to read it, subscribe to it, whatever they need to do. Can you give me some information? Absolutely. So the blog is um, called Get Your Love Life. You can find the blog at getyourlovelife.wordpress.com. And what the blog focuses on is... Uh, solutions. I'm a solutions-oriented, a solutions-driven person. So specifically for gay black men, this is sort of what I like to call a biblical reference of all of the uh, challenges and all the obstacles that we face in our community. And uh, when I say uh, biblical reference, I mean sort of your go-to guy. Every week I come up with a topic. Uh, As I said, uh, my last uh, topic was called Will You Marry Me? It was more of a journey of uh, sort of my approach to the concept of marriage and the institution of marriage and what that means for me. Uh, prior to that, I had what's called rest and peace. Uh, you know, it is the scene of dating in Atlanta is a den, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of men out there in the city of Atlanta that find dating challenging. 
And, you know, this isn't something that I'm making up. This is several different conversations, more than 50 uh, conversations I've had with people that have the same exact narrative. So every week there's a, uh, a controversial topic that comes out. It keeps you interested. It keeps you engaged. Uh, I try to keep it short. I try to, uh, try to keep it brief. But um, it's basically a summation of my life experiences, maybe experiences of people that I'm interviewing, people that I'm con- you know in contact with. And um, not only does it have a blog, it also has sort of questions and answers where, you know, I post questions to, you know, the, the audience. And I also have uh, what's called Ask Shock. And that is a app where uh, people actually write me. And you can write me at getyourlovelife at gmail.com and ask me anything you want to ask me. Ask me anything. And uh, I'll give you, uh, you know, what my, what my answer is. And again, it's solutions on uh, sex dating and relationships awesome awesome well thank you so much i really appreciate it thank we're you. doing a little, lot more um uh, guests for lgbt black lgbt community i want to make sure that we also implement blogs i want to see can we also attach your blog to our website so other listeners can be able to find that very easily and also give engage a little bit more as well and ask as many questions as possible and i'm sure later on uh within the year later on within a future podcast you'll be a guest again and kind of want to get your take on a few other things and like i said booty call will be a subject that we'll we'll be discussing so <laughs> just be aware <laughs> <laughs> but I want to thank you again so much for uh, giving your take on the uh, the topic, and I hope to talk to you again later soon. Okay, you will. All right, thank you so much. And again, this is a Brother Speed Podcast. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>